Welcome to Literary License Podcast Retrospective of Batman, the animated series, and the new adventures of Batman and Robin, where we explore four episodes from the classic 90s television show. License podcast is Batman the Animated Week. We'll be discussing four episodes of Batman. And before we get started, let's find out who's with us. We got Vicky Ray with us. Hello, Vicky. Hi, everybody. And we got Sean Stefan with us. Hello, Sean. Hello, everyone. I'm Joe Randazzo. Unfortunately, he's not here due to work permits. And I'm your host, Keishago. And before we get started, let's find out what we've been up to. Starting with you, Sean. What have you been up to since last time we spoke to you? Well, uh, aside from working, I got a new PC, so I got this hey. whole new setup, a new microphone, new camera. You're going to say you look more it's handsome. more stationary. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Really are, you able to, are you able to hook up your new games? Your games you I, to as well? I did. I have my my Series X hooked up to the monitor. I got this nice 50-inch widescreen. Oh, my thing. God. So, we'll never see you again. It's well. It allows Joe to work because he's he's t- uh, telescribing all the movies for Joe Bob right. now. So it allows him to stay active in that, and it and I can get my gaming in. I can get my freedom. I my little peace and quiet. I can play watch some movies. So it's nice. And also, it gave me an excuse to clean up my room, which is something I've, I've been needing to do for almost. Don't forget a year. your porn hub. Uh, th- thankfully, thank you for reminding. <laughs> Just me just make sure I close that window right there. Say no, no, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> the panic no, uh, button. You got a panic button. Well, uh, <laughs> the, problem, the problem with Pornhub nowadays, though, now that you have that screen, uh, now you're going to have to specially search for um, porn in HD. <laughs> That's the thing. You have to hit the HD button, the 4K button. You got to yeah. make sure you oh, have the oh, unlimited just bandwidth. Just look at your porn with Blu-ray. <laughs> Everything's just going to look like 70s. 70s uh, 70s porn if you're not careful so just uh, pro tip to, blu-ray just Can pro tip imagine? to all uh all listeners just make sure to delete your history every 15 minutes just do that just especially in case anyone walks in when you die yes especially if you're married <laughs> and so what games are you playing at the moment uh at the moment i'm getting caught up on uh, i always had the first game i would do if i got a high-end pc was grand theft auto 4 and get a whole bunch of mods for there it and go. just go have fun so i'm diving back into that world and it's weird listening to the political radio from that era and seeing how much of it was supposed to be just like this wild, you know, how accurate some of it turned out to be. And you're like, oh, fuck. But <laughs> uh, aside from that, it's a great, great game. And it's a great trip down memory lane. Uh, I'm playing that. I'm playing Hitman. Uh, playing all the banned games that I can't play on uh, uh, all the ones that I shouldn't be playing. Uh, Played this horrible one called Hatred that I heard everyone says, and it's played like a mass shooter. It's it's honestly, I played it for like five minutes. I'm like, and I'm done. Boring. Well, it's boring. It's and you feel dirty playing it. And then he but uh, Redneck Rampage. Why would anybody make going a back video game, a game from when I was a child? Shooter. Why <laughs> would they have a video game of a mass shooter? I don't fucking know. It's these. It's Who would it's called. That? It's called hatred. It's it's um, honestly edge lord. It's a total edge lord game. Is the best oh, way I can describe it. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, pl- I played. I mean, I used, not Grand Theft Auto. I, mean, I, I played that, all the Grand Theft Auto. I remember playing yeah. Grand Theft Auto Three Vice City. Carmageddon. And, There's picking up been hookers, like, having yeah. sex, killing them, the getting money back, getting some help. So, 
<laughs> you always play those games. And stuff I never like knew but... about those cheats because I was ignorant 20 years ago and I was buying my boys those fucking games. And I didn't know about the things you could unlock and get the hookers and the blood. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no they, were unlock- they were unlockable. That was just normal. That I was didn't one of the, know. There was one thing with uh, the hot coffee in San Andreas where the initially the initial release of the game, I was lucky enough to get one of the first copies before they realized, oh, fuck, Baldi's. Uh, where uh, you got to a certain part of the game where you could go to visit your girlfriend and she'd invite you in for hot coffee and it would cut to a sex scene mini game. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. How funny I didn't uh, know this shit. And they immediately pulled it uh, from shelves because it was getting an adults-only rating because they didn't realize it was in there. How do you police something like that? Well, well, they did by pulling it from the shelves and they had to re-release it. It was this whole controversy. I guess Uh, I just don't think that... It's still in certain versions of the game. I just don't think that's... I wouldn't like it if I I remember it being in my, my Xbox version. That it was in my it was in my PlayStation version because I got an early enough cop, copy. Yeah. But and if you in certain versions in the they had to remove it in the uh, in the digital version that was re released and stuff. Well, like from that. what Just I remember, because I remember doing it, and I don't remember it being that. But then again, I'm an adult, so maybe. Well, that's but the thing. Again, was, but then again, I was like 19 when that game came out. Yeah. So I, I didn't see anything wrong. Well, with my it. boys were the they were young and they loved that shit. They just beat okay. it up. But then again, <laughs> as I look at it. I mean, when it came out here, it was rated 18, which is yeah. you have to be 18 or above to buy it. And, par- and if parents, and you know, 17, yeah. Yeah. So if parents are buying their kids this game, then it's the parents' fault, not the game's fault. Absolutely. Well, yeah, it's absolutely it was my fault because I bought, I'd rather have them playing video games being out. Well, this one, I mean, all you need to do is just click, are you over 18? What's your birth date? And now you can buy it. And it, this game was six bucks and it's a piece of crap. So don't How buy it. How much is it now? It's 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 it was like six bucks. Uh, that's the thing. No, like, wonder, uh, how much oh, Grand Theft Auto Five. Well, depending, Grand Theft Auto Four is was five bucks when I bought it for on PC. I bought it for sixty five dollars. That's, one, for that's the thing. When, when you uh, console oh, games start now at seventy. Uh, yeah. for and they're next just generation. downloadable. You're not even getting the disc anymore, are you? you the, they have limited re- physical releases of certain games. Would uh, you guys actually... rather have the physical as no. opposed to the download? Uh, no. Yes, no. yes, and no. Yeah. Uh, like uh, and certain or games, yeah. But j- for collectibles, like older games, yes. Well, that's what I'm figuring. But for newer games, there's no point because when you buy the physical discs, all it is is just a download code. It's just where the download. then it downloads the game onto your console, and mm-hmm. you have to have the physical. So disc so in essence, if you want to play. you're not camping out at Best Buy for these great no. games ever anymore. No, like because well, do. the thing is that what I like. I mean, to be honest, I prefer the download thing because at the end of the day. There have been times where I bought the disc and then all of a sudden it's like you're in the game and all of a sudden the disc doesn't work or yeah. the disc was skipped oh, or something like okay. that. Where the download I, thing is, and the yeah. downloaded, now since things are downloaded, the quality and the length of them are a lot bigger than this. So the thing is, you are yes. getting your money's worth. Like you might pay 70 quid, 60 to 70 quid, depending on the game. But it's worth yeah. it. But the thing is, you're looking at, you know, 40 to 60 hours worth of gameplay. Okay. Yeah, and, and if you look like if you buy a Blu-ray or DVD, which is twenty quid, that's an hour and a half, maybe. So take yeah. oh, times I see what you're saying. You're okay, getting more bang you. for your buck for for. But you value. can still gift somebody with that, and they just download it. Well, I'll give you an example. Like I, I'm, uh, I, I missed out on the sale, so I'm waiting for it the next time I go, it goes on sale. Uh, Phantom Liberty and Cyberpunk, which is the expansion to Cyberpunk uh, 2077, and Cyberpunk itself is a hundred dollars right. on PC. 
Right. Because you get both versions of the game. You get the game and the DLC. Combined, you got about 120 hours worth of content it, it, uh, between them. I put in at least 110 the initial time in my playthrough uh, before the Phantom Liberty came out. I put in an additional 30 hours to, with Phantom Liberty because it is that good of a game. And, and, they, and it just keeps going and going and it's so expansive. And especially with what you know this rig that i got now i can only imagine what it'll look like when i when i when i get it on this but it's just one of those games where you're getting your bang for your buck and uh i didn't, yeah, I, I didn't understand and, and that. if you, if you divide that. it by hours and you know, to, to take the money and divide it by how many hours of gameplay is you're looking at about maybe a pound or two yeah and so, so if, you, if you take it to that extreme is like that's cheap what yeah. else is cost you a pound an hour yeah I, I don't fully subscribe to the dollar an hour because sometimes you do get some gems in there and sometimes you pay your money was worth and you get well, like I mean, money. Yeah, but you get things like Assassin's Creed or uh, Far Cry where to play to get the full use of the game you're looking at you're looking for fucking stupid shit all the time you know that yes, doesn't exactly anything, just so you can get like 100 completion but like something like, like I love Ubisoft like Red Dead Redemption yeah, is well worth the price That's and well the thing. Red Dead Redemption too Grandpa. Always been worth the price. That's because... why I will continue to buy. Be that idiot that buys Grand Theft Auto on every console that I own. I can't help it. I love that game. It is the greatest. You can't game transfer ever. it to another console. Uh, you can your online code. Unfortunately, because I transferred it from Xbox 360 to Xbox uh, One to PS5, I can't oh. transfer my online game anymore. So I can't transfer it over to PC. So if I want to start, it will be a completely new. Thing. So at that point, I am done with GTA Online. <laughs> I am not starting from scratch. It is a complete hellscape. If you've played it recently, the hellscape. You know <laughs> oh no! For new players, I mean, there's so much you could do. There's so many modders. There's so many people that could just like make it rain helicopters, depending on the lobby you're in. There's so many advanced weapons. Oh, there's so and, much shit going on. Well, also the currency, the way that everything is matted out, you have to do so much, and the weapons caught like. I could earn maybe a million dollars over the course of six hours worth of grinding, maybe six to seven hours worth of grinding. And in that million dollars, I could probably get a supercar, maybe a house, maybe with no extras, maybe halfway to getting one of the more uh, nicer upgrades. I could upgrade a car. You blow through it so quickly that you can't really do much of anything with it. And then they get the licensed cars, the one that looks like Kit from Knight Rider, the one that looks like the DeLorean from Back to the Future. The, the DeLorean. The it, they, they, steel car. It kind of does have a Ready Player One quality to it. It's like I I, I live in, in my my character lives in Nakatomi Plaza or Fox Tower or whatever it, <laughs> it, it is in real life. I live in a penthouse there. I drive the Batmobile. I like it's ridiculous like, in, in terms of like what you could do in that game and what you could buy if you want to. I don't want to start from scratch. I don't want to work my way up to that. Yeah, I have like fifty million dollars in my one account. Uh, I'm I'm good. So, but I the only other thing I've been doing is since I've had my free time and Joe's been working in the living room, I watched Echo, uh, the new Marvel show that just came out, and they decided. I was to going to, but everybody keeps scaring me off from Marvel. It's, is it any good? Okay, so here's the honest truth. It's not bad. It's just simply not bad. It's fine. It's perfectly fine. Uh, the first episode actually is great. I liked it a lot. Uh, they did uh, something that Marvel has a problem doing. They actually did it correctly. They filled you in with everything that you need they to know. So you that you, <laughs> they filled you in. That's good. I, I need to. So that you don't have to watch Hawkeye. 
And you do, and if you don't know the character, they filmed, filmed some new scenes and mixed it in with some of the stuff from Hawkeye. Within 20, 22 minutes, you're all caught up and then it jumps five months later and we pick up our story from there. And so I'm like, okay, I don't need to watch anything. I don't need to, follow, I, I kind of know where I'm at. I know what's going on. She is okay in the role. Uh, I think she's actually pretty good in the role. Uh, uh, Eloica Cox, I think is her name. Uh, really decent as Echo. My issue with the show is it feels like it was a longer show that was cut down to five episodes. Probably uh, was. It was. It uh, And that's the reason why they dumped it all at once. Uh, the fourth episode in particular, there's a lot, there's one long take where it's a POV shot where she's riding a motorcycle towards the camera with a motorcycle helmet. And it's like a montage of scenes of stuff we've either seen or haven't seen or alternate takes of stuff that we've seen. And I'm like, why does this feel like this was like all in another episode? And they just chopped it all up and decided we needed to get through. We needed to get to get I through this. I hate it when they do that. It's almost well, it, like they realize. And then halfway through production, boy, we got to wrap this up. Well, there's, there's, it, like, they didn't the really. They didn't really delve was into the history. Was it a show that got caught up in the writer's strike and maybe that's why? And they would need well, that, honestly, 100%, I do believe that was the issue. Is they did, that, they couldn't do reshoots. It, they couldn't do reshoots. They couldn't do rewrites. They couldn't do anything else. They had what they had. That's and probably what, what it was. The rumor was. I need to get it out uh, because we, need, we got programming that needs. To yeah, get the yeah. rumor was uh, that it was, they had issues on set mainly. It was very difficult for her to adapt to what she needs to, because I mean, uh, it, it is difficult to act while, cause this, everybody was on uh, uh, the crew, the cast, everyone learned sign language to make it work. And from what I understand, it was a difficult process wow. for her to emote uh, along with the sign language at certain things. I, uh, I don't know how much of that, I, I mean, this is the, the thing with the Marvel is their secrets are tighter than Fort Knox at this point. You don't yeah. know how much is bullshit here, here say how much is accuracy. All I know is that I have a friend who how is much the, of it is just excuse. Yeah. Yeah. But just excuse. <laughs> and, and, well, it's, I always look at it like this back yeah. in the day you had the force uh, uh, the uh, Phantom Menace. When that movie came out on DVD, you got this uh, beautiful hour and a half documentary where by the end of it, uh, George Lucas has gone through the five stages of grief after the initial screening, and uh, it may have gone a little too far in a few places. And you, you don't I get like that the level. Of, menace, well, that's the thing. Well, my point is, you don't get that level of honesty from a Disney oh, behind-the-scenes documentary. Gotcha. It's all okay. you get the shine over everything. You get the polish. Everything is perfect. It's little tight, little snaps, little snippets. You don't get gotcha. the real grit of him saying who gives no uh, yoda's blood should be this color you know you don't get that in right. in this thing so but um i don't know so i don't know how much of it is bullshit what i do know is my buddy worked on the show and he did say look because uh, i made a post on my facebook saying i love daredevil season three i think that's the best thing Marvel i saw a lot done. of people complaining about it on the forums. Oh. Uh, well, the season three of Daredevil or this they show? They were really upset about, they said something, they were talking about Daredevil. They were upset uh, okay. about Daredevil. I uh, he, the thing about Daredevil, he's in the first episode. I'll, I'll be quick about it. But he, the thing about the uh, the show, he um, Daredevil season three is my favorite thing they've ever done because I think it's gritty, it's raw, and it also was untethered from the stupid Defender storyline because it was right. the only thing that was posted. They kind of just kind of, eh, well, shit, we don't know what happened to her. So that was the end of it. And then they told, so they kind of told a singular story. I love Vincent D'Onofrio as the Kingpin. 
I absolutely he's, love he's him. A great, in this he's role. a great actor. He's one of those. He is fantastic. And he is, if you want to look at his past, he's kind of playing Gomer Pyle if he had his scruples and he was sadistic and methodical. Right. And that's the kind of the reason why I love him in this role. He's yeah. he's fantastic, but uh, he's not playing that. He's kind of, he, they, the other thing about the show in the marketing of it, they made it canon. They made Daredevil and the Defenders. They changed they changed up the marketing, and they acknowledged, no, this is the past of Kingpin. His past happened on this show. We're we're gonna move everything. Everything that happened on Netflix actually happened in Mar Marvel canon. Wow. Which, combined with the rewrites and the fact that they're doing a day one re reshoots and rewrites on Daredevil, gives me a lot of hope that maybe they will continue on where they left off because they realize, look. We have this product that people love. It's drawing us. It's one of the few things on Disney Plus that is getting consistent good ratings it, that we've brought over that everyone is loving. And, and to the point, Feige is saying, no, we consider Daredevil one of our most important uh, cogs in the next stage of uh, the Avengers. We consider Daredevil the main piece. He's where by the end of Echo, you're set up for Daredevil Born Again and possibly Spider-Man 4. You uh, with where they're going with Vincent D'Onofrio, it's exciting for me because I've this is something that just the kid in me has always wanted to see is possibly it, it, the 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 post credit thing gives you gives you a lot of high hopes, yeah. but uh, in terms of the overall show, what my buddy told me is that if you liked Daredevil, we're trying our best to pay homage and tribute to that. As far as that goes, they did a very good job. I thought it, it's nowhere near the level of violence. Because that's the other thing they've marketed the show around the big violence aspect. It's TV. It's the first TVMA anything that Marvel really? has done. Well, yeah, Marvel Studios, the first TVMA. Oh, thing. okay, gotcha, gotcha. And I it, the first Daredevil. I didn't. I didn't think it was that. Well, this is the first thing that Marvel violent. Disney Marvel is is marketing is that it okay. is nowhere near the level of Netflix. Uh, it, you're not going to get no Kingpin way is the level of Netflix. slamming. You're not going to get Kingpin <laughs> slamming the head into the door. Or with the car door until there is no head. You're not getting that. Uh, it is, uh, but but it is still brutal, and it's PG-13 to light R levels of violence, which which you'll probably get more in Daredevil or or Deadpool three. Baby baby steps into the violent pool. Right. Uh, that's the way I look at it. Baby got to step into the violent pool. Well, you can't just dive right in. So, but I mean, check it out. It's Marvel, only five episodes. It's, it's, it's marketed itself to to being family films, and so now to break that. Well, they yeah. have. If you look at all, if you look at all, if you, you know, from Spider Man onward, even the X Men are quite family oriented films, really. So when you get something like, you know, Deadpool or something like that, where they're a lot more edgier, you know, yeah. it's, it's, they can't just throw you into that because. And you got to remember, there are a lot of parents out there just or who just take their kids to a Marvel film because it's a family. They, they, oh, it's a, big, family it's a babysitter. Friendly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, so if they're going to start. So if they're going to go into that more violent, more realistic realm. then they're going to have to do it slowly because yeah, they got to take they got to because these kids who grew up on the whole Marvel. Now they're getting older. So what they need to do is start pushing them along this way because they're they're going to want to see more violence anyway. You know? well, they're taking the year off pretty much. I think the only live action film that's coming out from Marvel is Deadpool 3. The only yeah. other TV show that's coming out, I think, is Agatha, maybe, yeah. if unless it got pushed to next year. But are they but, just going to regroup and try to... Well, yeah, it's they're taking the year off. 
they well, they realize well, because they got strength. enough stuff out there. It's not like well, they well, what they got, but what they got to do is um, unlike Star Wars, for some reason they always kind of keep the teenager in mind. Yeah, right. and then, and then uh, and then what's that? What's that done? It's kind of stagnated Star Wars, really. Yeah. In a way. So what Marvel's got to do is they got to realize that all the teenagers who are into Marvel are now in their twenties. Yeah. So they yeah. so they need to move them forward, but at the same time, the parents who, in their mind, the world hasn't moved on. Yeah. So, and so they they think that Marvel's you know Marvel is a brand of you know family friendly. So they got to make sure the family that's slightly behind this generation can, you know, so that they got to kind of get them on board slowly but surely and realize that okay, these are these are children's films. So that's why they look for the next family thing, family oriented thing to move. That makes forward. sense, though. That makes sense. They're moving. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be transitioning eventually into Fantastic Four into X Men. That's what where we're going. They're slowly, be, you know, wading into that pool and all yeah. that stuff because I think they realize the Avengers, certain characters, they're going to be moving on. The actors are going to be moving on. We'll have maybe new people in the roles, maybe some people sticking around, but the main focus is going to be X Men, Fantastic Four. Let's stay in this pool. Let's start it where it's the same war universe, be same thing, but new to, new toys to play with. And well, it's I think a bit like you know, it's a bit going. like the Fantastic Four will be for the family set, and then the right. yeah. will be for the people who have moved forward with the Marvel. It's a bit yeah. like DC with Shazam. Shazam yeah. is for. Is very well really rooted. I'd say in, the Deadpool is definitely for adults. It so. is for adults, yeah. Yeah, it's for adults. You know, I and, would, uh, and it's a perfect and it's a perfect time for it to come out because it's if there was ever a time to take the piss out of Marvel, it's now because everybody's tired of it and the it's formulaic. Everybody's calling it out. It's the yeah. perfect time for a character like Deadpool. What did they like, just get right. greedy? I mean, because yes, Bob Chapek got greedy and he and he used qual it was quantity yeah. over quality. And but I, I mean, you, can, you, can say that about, you can say that about the Star Wars franchise as well. Yeah, and, and, the thing is, and, the, and the only time that Star Wars actually stepped into adult territories with the Mandalorian. Andor. Yeah, and Andor. And then Andor, but, uh, if you look the, at everything uh, else, even like the films that are coming out, they're very... But it really wasn't that adult stepping into. I didn't see anything that off in the Mandalorian. No, the but, Mandalorian, no but, yeah. but I'm talking about I'm talking about the stories were a lot more intricate. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they were more succinct. And I'm not saying you have to have a lot of violence or stuff like that, no, but you I have a lot saying. more adult theme things that adults would understand more than your yeah. average I got you. younger okay. person. And so they were able to do that. And of course, they did that with the help of a the child. Which then a know. lot of us were 12 years old watching Star Wars, and then we grew up with Star Wars. And a lot of us would associate more with The Mandalorian probably, too. But if well, you look, the at, if you look at the Star Wars film series itself, I mean, I think the reason why, like, you know, you have the original and then you have the the prequel and then you have right. after that. And you think and you look at it and the thing is, they're very, very firmly stuck in this teenage man child thing at the moment. And yeah, that's, yeah. Not, that's not good or bad. But the problem basically is, is that it when is. you get to the latter parts, the problem basically is when you got, you know, Han Solo and Princess Leia and. Luke coming back into these kind of franchises stuff like this. The thing is, is that they haven't matured them, or uh, or they may have aged yeah. them as far as the face goes, but their storylines haven't moved matured. to the maturity. There's kind of yeah. there's a, there's kind of weird maturity thing that they they haven't quite gotten to their. They're not middle aged people. They're kind yeah. of middle aged people still being teenagers, which kind of creates this kind of weird 
And what and what Star Wars probably should have done really is is that once they got past the Luke Skywalker storyline and that sort of stuff, they should have kind of took their audience by that time, they would have been in their twenties or thirties, and then the forties to fifty year olds as well. And they yeah. they should have moved them forward like that, but they didn't. They kind of started repeating the same format well, again. They, it's, they, know, just announced... they broke my heart when Adam Driver killed Han Solo. Okay, are you just... no, they killed they... Han Solo. I'm like no. They just oh, announced the Mandalorian Grogu movie. Uh, at the same time, they're announced they had, uh, announced the director for the new uh, to start off the Ray Skywalker franchise, right. which is going to be com completely separate from everything. Everybody's bitching about that already, too. I, 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 I don't give it. I I don't care one way or the other. I my read the my issue my issue is uh, I'm this. I, I genuinely like the Mandalorian as a show. I and love I'm the wondering, And I'm wondering, are they going to cancel it? Because and just in the movies, the send offs. Because well, Pedro Pascal is not coming back, is he? So that might he's be he's at this point he's a voice he's just doing voice work. Well, he's not he's not the guy in the suit, except for you know a couple. Oh, for most of the times, it's somebody else. He's well, just doing voice honest. work. I mean, have any of the Spider Man's been in the suit? Uh, when they take the mask, <laughs> I mean, when they take the mask off and stuff like that. <laughs> But when, uh, when they're swinging around and doing all that work, it's like, is there any, who's actually? But, yeah, but it's one I of those things where his character fuck. plays somebody who does not want to religiously does not want to yeah. take his helmet off. So right. he he as an actor is like, no, I want to take my helmet off, and uh, so I can emote and act. And that's that's been a, a rumored source of conflict for years, and the reason why these all these rumors started say, uh, coming out that he was quitting. At the end of season two, and that well, they he'd already taken come back off for his it. helmet. Well, that was the thing. The first few episodes of season three are him basically going back to Mandalore, dipping right. his, dipping himself, bathing in the mythic waters to atone right. for his sin, and then he could put his helmet back on and be accepted. So, I mean, that whole season felt from uh, what was it, uh, Boba Fett episode four yeah. or episode five on, it felt like. We everything we wanted to do for multiple shows got fucked up because Gina Carano got fired, yeah. and we have to merge everything to together in that because the second the last three episodes of Boba Fett are Mandalorian two point five. We mm -hmm. sped through the entire Jedi training and uh, of right. of him. We get the little quick fanboy moment of Ahsoka and Luke together, and then the next thing you know, uh, Grogu. By the end of the next three episodes. Boba Fett is now the new Jabba. Oh, by the way, this is his show, in case you forgot. And uh, Mandalorian is back with Grogu, and they got their cool ship, and they're going to go save the day and go on wacky adventures and all that stuff. And, and well, he didn't they, give a shit. And he didn't I mean, give if, a shit. Yeah. Well, another thing is Pedro Pascal needs to be careful because the, the Last of Us sticks very close to the computer game. Yeah. yeah. Now, the question basically is that if you're a fan of the computer game, <laughs> his character doesn't make it. Well, that's the thing. They, I, they've already started talking about ways around that with a possible oh, Nick, a Nick Offerman spinoff series, because yeah. that episode was so beloved, which it, it is. It's amazing. I love that episode, but because that episode um, it, it spans over the course of twenty years, and it tells a story over the course of twenty years. They could do a spinoff series, tell a completely separate story of Nick Offerman's Bill, 
in his life, and you could dip in Pedro Pascal oh, yeah. sporadically throughout that if you wanted to. But at the same so, time, he will not be the main character, though. He, he won't be, be the main character, character, but you could still promote the series. Hey, look, hey, Pedro's back. Hey, you can get your Joel fix for all yeah. you who hate us now because of what yeah. we did to Joel. So, <laughs> so yeah. So that's what, so would pay, but saying that would pay, you know, whether Pedro was in the costume or not. Yeah. I really don't think the show would work without him because no, his talking and stuff his like His presentation is, is it, what makes it was fantastic. I mean, there's very few people that can emote with a helmet on. Car yeah. him, Carl Urban, a few others, but yeah. And even, and even, and even if he's just doing the voiceover at, in post production and he's right. not, yeah. On the set, at the same time, I don't know if anyone could have done what he did because no. he was phenomenal. Because he's excellent at it. Yeah, and to be honest, I I was quite disappointed when he took the mat the helmet off because in <laughs> my mind he was well. I mean, he's a nice looking guy. Don't get me wrong, right? But in my mind, he was a. I mean, he was like God of men looking, you know. But when he took it off, I was like, oh, <laughs> just yeah. stop the food. Well, especially well, when, he, when he did think, have a I still think he hangs the moon. I think he's hot. Well, I think I, no, I think he does. But he, I mean, but the thing is, you don't know what. He, I mean, okay, I you just didn't we, know. We know who Pedro Pascal is now. But when Pedro Pascal did the Mandalorian, okay, yeah, he was in Game of Thrones. And he's done bits and pieces. Don't get me I wrong. honestly didn't but, know what to expect. I didn't know what he was going to look like because I yeah. forgot he was in Game of Thrones. Yeah. But I'm saying he you know, wasn't he wasn't the name that you heard, just like he kind of no. knew the name, but he wasn't one that's like his his face came in front of your face. No. The name. Yeah. So when you're when you're watching it, the thing is like your your vision of who's you know who this person is is you know was in a way when he did take it off, it kind of let you down slightly. And it has nothing to do with the way Pedro looks. It's kind of like yeah. oh, okay. You guys you know? kept up with <laughs> Halo at all, the show? the series i've not seen a single episode i was just wondering I, I, if they were I, gonna uncloak master chief eventually and we get to see what he looks like but. well the problem with halo the show basically is is that um i watched the first three episodes but unfortunately they kind of added this the thing about halo is that the master the master chief works on his own right he is a lone figure that go, and, and goes on his you know goes on his journey they kind of gave him like this, you know, female sidekicky situation where he's trying to save these people, and and it kind of takes away from what Halo is. Halo is this, and the thing is, Halo has no Master Chief has no feelings towards those around him. He's not there to save. He's there to but save he mankind, has feelings the but he's not there. To, he's not there to save individuals. He's there to save mankind as a whole, not right. get involved in people's struggles. Right. <laughs> But he did. Yeah. <laughs> but saying that, I'm very keen on seeing Fallout when that comes out because that's from the people who did Westworld. Oh, that does no intrigue shit. me. That one does intrigue me. I, and, I hope it could go one of two ways, though, because I, I, Jonathan Nolan, he he has great premises, but sometimes sticking the landing is is a little difficult for him. So yeah. hopefully, it has legs. I, I think I think it, I got I got good hope for it because I like the idea that they went for a, a cat. There's only one cast member who anyone knows, and that's Walter Goggins. Oh yeah, Walton Goggins. And you know, and he's not a huge name actually, unless you were a big fan of the Shield. But um, and I was as well. Brilliant I show. Love the Shield. Shield but he hasn't really, but he hasn't really 
you know, he's not, he hasn't really like been this person who like takes over a show, you know, situation. Yeah. So I think, I think, and because and everyone else is kind of relatively unknown, I'm thinking that they might be able to do fantastic stuff with it because of that. So, and there's no way that Walter Goggin can stop being a zombie Kelly character anyway. So, so we don't, <laughs> don't have to worry about him looking human again unless they do a flashback. Yeah. So, but he kind of looks like kind of looks like a zombie normally anyway without the makeup. <laughs> so I mean, so that looks that looks hopeful. So who knows? But I think I mean I think Halo. I think of it. I think Paramount got Halo, and I think they kind of ran with it without knowing the source material. A bit like people who ever take the source material of Resident Evil and kind of run with it without actually go loving the source material that they that they're working from. Yeah, or Tomb, Ra Tomb Raider is the same thing. Tomb Raider never really. The, the last, mo the last movie was the only one that came close to the games, and, and that was cool. I, I enjoyed that actually. That I, was, I, I I liked it a lot actually. I heard they might be doing a sequel too, which I hope because uh, it was it, it followed the uh, the newest trilogy pretty well. And so. she was brilliant as well. Yeah, so, she's a lot better than Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie was <laughs> nothing against her, and she looked she, the part, but she, she didn't look the part. But yeah, and... too old for the part. You thought she was too old for the part? Well, forty-year-old Tomb Raider. She doesn't I, look forty. I'm sorry. That's she doesn't thing, look she forty, doesn't but she's in her thirties. The, the thing about Tomb Raider is she's twenty. Yeah. You yeah. know, and and I mean, she did great. I mean, they were okay. Don't get me wrong. They were they were that they were that product. Are they making another one? Did they make another? They one? They might be making. I heard it didn't do the first one. Didn't do well, but I've heard talk that they might be. I know that they're doing a series. Uh, the yeah, one. Uh, what's what's her name? The woman from uh, the Fleabag. Uh, the, yeah. The She's going to be uh, doing that as a series. So I think I think after the indie run and she didn't get a spinoff series, there was a lot of talk. It, oh, okay. She moved on to Tomb Raider. So yeah. I think that she's going to be producing and writing that series. And to be honest, Tomb Raider has worked better when they've had women at the helm of the story. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, when they had men, I mean, there's a really good documentary on um, – youtube about tomb raider and the history of tomb raider oh really and about the people about the people who worked on it and the thing is and you know and then the, you know the, the the early stages of tomb raiders that basically her boobs got bigger and that's pretty yeah. much it and then that's you know, what then i remember she became, a, she became a sex symbol and became this merchandising sex symbol the video game magazines yeah. and the her being scandally clad with all the pixels and all that yeah, yeah. oh i mean she's selling and she's selling products as well like lucas everything like that I mean, and you know, she got she took and she take she took gaming and brought it into the mainstream, but yeah. you know, and then and then the, then there was a lot of failed games where they didn't know what the fuck to do with her, and then of course the new trilogy came out and where they kind of reinvented her and made her more human, and but but at the same time they had women write her story and write her scripts, and that's why you have it was have now. it became What's funny that? because Uncharted became a Tomb Raider clone, and then Tomb Raider became an Uncharted clone, and then. Uncharted became a Tomb Raider clone. It just it's it keeps going back and forth and back and forth at this point. But I mean, if you look at the first re re um, reboot of Tomb Raider and this part where you know where she becomes Tomb Raider and the part where she almost gets raped and and, you know, and it deals with yeah. those kind of issues and it's like and it's the first time. I mean, you know, computer games have you know kind of touched on that, but they kind of really went into that and, and the remorsefulness when she has to do her first kill and everything like that. Yeah, and it really, and it really set the game up. You know, you know, and then the sequels to you know were the last sequel. The last one felt a little bit rushed, but it's but the themes are really really well done. So, 
if they're keeping women involved in the in the franchise as far as live action is concerned, I, I I got I'm I'm promised when they get the woman from Fleabag, yeah. women writers for that, I think you yeah. got you might have a huge hit on your hands. Yeah. You know, pand pandering to the women cause without hitting you over the head with it. So tastefully, respectfully, that's what they like. Yeah. And we'll, you so can what kill I, anybody I, as long as you do with taste and respect. I'm just <laughs> saying. Yeah. So what about yourself, Vix? What have you been up to? Yeah, not as much as you guys, but obviously. Um I've just been doing things, what do you call it? Bits and bobs, don't you? Um, not watching too much. I did watch the lady in black, the old lady in black. I was texting you and I watched that. Oh, yeah. And then I watched the new one because I never watched the new one, but I don't remember the old one. I thought the old one scared the bejesus out of me more than the new one. I just don't like scary faces, like the jump scare thing. I just, I thought it was well done. I just like it, it old scared. Like one Well, the old one's one. more suggestive where the new one's more show you. Yeah, 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 it kind of gets in your face a little more. I mean, I, I enjoyed both of them. I did watch Rebel Moon. <laughs> it oh. looked like they were setting that up for a second one. I'm sure Joe they will are. be all over it. They People are setting it up. The sequel comes out in March, I think. Uh, uh, I bet you Joe can hardly contain himself. Uh, we no, he, he will not watch. He will not watch <laughs> it. I've not even watched it. I, I and I'm more forgiving. Uh, it, of was the it was well, on. It was on. The problem is Snyder has played his hand too many times. He releases a movie and then that you know that it, which is a shoddy edited piece of shit. It and then really he's like, "Don't was, worry, there's I, a better version of it coming out later I with 40 honestly, more minutes that's actually coherent." I honestly can't believe, though, that he actually released it. <laughs> I was jerk off. I know that I, I know that there's a director's cut coming. So there was I'm just there was a lot wrong that. with it. There really you know, there was the continuity was a problem. Well, I mean, I love Seven Samurai. I love Star Wars. I love all the Dune. I love I all these different movies. I didn't hate it, though. I, did I don't like them it. all together, but hey. I was intrigued with the actress because I saw her the first time when they redid The Mummy with Tom Cruise. Yeah. And I thought she was kind of interesting. Oh, no, she's good. She's good. I like her. She's a good too. little actress, and she's in this, and I, that's why I got caught up watching it, because there's something about her that's fun to watch. I haven't been able to figure it out yet. I love but that she's got one of those faces. But we'll see what happens in March. I didn't I, hate it completely. I did. I not saw the it. preview and I just saw the the one space Nazi and, he, and he's wearing like the full the on SS. <laughs> you know what? It had like, so God. many nods to so many movies. I couldn't I even tell you. <laughs> I well, mean, that's literally, the movie Zack here, Snyder, movie here. With I'm left to his own that. devices, Zack Snyder is, I mean, is it was utter just trash. Like, utter, yeah. utter trash. What I don't understand about Zack Snyder, and this is like, because I remember, like, in 2000, they passed a thing through that, basically, because people were, like, releasing their CDs, and they were coming yeah. up with, like, multiple versions of their CDs, and, and then, then they said, you can't do this anymore. This You're ripping people off. Right. Yeah. They kind of need to do that with him, because it's like, you're kind of ripping people off now, because what oh, are you doing? It's like, you're, you're releasing we're gonna something. Pay, you're making your pay money once. now, we want you to buy this again. You're going to pay once to see a movie in theaters. I'm going to yeah. get a lot of heat from it, so it's not like I'm putting out something that I want, I don't want to put out. Why does I'm he take do it then? Why because he's, he... he likes to double dip. It, it's a double dipping thing. It's a... Uh, uh, the studios need to have a movie that's under two and a half hours so that they could get more screenings in theaters. They don't like the three. So I'll tell you what, I'll cut.
cut my movie down to 225. It'll be an incoherent mess. I'm looking in your general direction, Batman v Superman. And uh, we're, it'll make no fucking sense whatsoever. But don't worry, everybody. I know you hated it. There's going to be a better version that you could pay $20 and see for yourself. He, okay. does it with, he did it with... Uh, He's still trying to do it a third time with a uh, fucking uh, the sucker punch. He's yeah. he's uh, well, I'm trying to talk and negotiate with Warner Brothers to get my version of sucker punch. You already had a director's cut. It had like 15 to 20 extra minutes. It sucked. It still sucked. Don't, nothing you could put into this. I want to get the actors back and film new scenes with them. Why? It's Why would they come? They're not going to come back anyway because he ruined all their careers. Most I was going to say I have not seen Jenna Malone in anything, and I loved her. Saved is one of my favorite fucking movies. Wow, I have not true. seen her since see anything. Him, do ya? Vanessa Hudgens. Vanessa Hudgens yeah. had to go to Broadway. <laughs> That's the thing. A, a lot of people <laughs> oh, did not have a good career from that movie. Uh, they were trying their, be their best to create something special, and it was utter trash. So well, it's, even Wat yeah. even Watchmen's a mess. The first the Watchmen movie was a mess. The I directors, mean, yeah, the director's cut is good. I saw it in IMAX. And then they so stopped I was kind of it, though. You got six episodes niente after that. No, 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 not no, the no, show. The, 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 the film. It started off as a yeah. film. Yeah. Um, oh, they, it started they, they off as a film. Oh, the TV show is a sequel to the comic book. The TV oh, show is a sequel. Okay, to the comic okay. Book. Yeah. I knew it was a comic book, but the, I thought the, that the I Watchmen movie. He had a fantastic cast. I mean, yeah. Billy Crudup and um, Patrick. Jack Will Errol Haley as Rorschach is, is fucking amazing casting. And, he, he's and I, went to the movie I didn't see anybody else in that. And saw it. Yep. I and saw it in IMAX. And outside of um, Billy Crudup's, um, you know, male phallus floppy <laughs> 3D. Um, yeah, that big blue dick is burned into my head from seeing that in IMAX. <laughs> it, it, it slaps you right in the face <laughs> when you sit down. You can't really avoid it. Yeah. <laughs> and the, but the thing is, but you're watching it and it's just like, it looked. It ha they have a nice look to them. Don't get me wrong. Oh, they no. have look, but the, they're just so coherent. Looking movies. They are very. He makes very pretty music videos. I tell yeah. everybody he's a great music video director. Yeah. He is not a very yeah. good director. He's a piss poor editor. That's and that's that's my, my thing about give, Zach. Give him give him an Oscar winning editor to do edit his stuff together. That's what he needs. He needs somebody. Did y'all did y'all keep up with Monarch? I finished the last episode before. I, I bailed after the second. Bailed you bailed? The second. Yeah. I hung I, in I, there. I hung in there. I'm going to try to get a season two with Shot. I'm going to try. The the, the la It was a little more promising, the last, the, the finale episode. So yeah. we'll see. Anyway. But other than that, we're getting ready for storms and ice and cold and snow. What about you? Um, today was my last day at work. Um, I had my leaving due yesterday. Um, I'm now organizing my shipping and so I'm going to be packing and getting that shipped out and then getting my tickets and then I'm bringing my cat to Dallas. So Boo's coming. So you are bringing your cat. Yeah, hey. So I'm organizing that. So I got to take him. I have a great vet. Get that sorted. So, um, so that's good. So, and I have to say the number one TV show that you should be watching is the new Fargo series. I still, I, I'm going to watch I it. I need to watch that. Great. It is I hear the it's great. best series of Fargo. I mean, I. I'll I watch mean, anything with John Hamm in it. I, literally yeah, it's, I heard John Hamm was great, man. Juno Temple. I, never oh, I love Juno. Before. She's 
freaking fantastic in this. And the thing is, so you and, both started watching it. I gotta watch. I haven't it. seen I it yet, but I, I I've been meaning to watch it. And I, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're coming out week. They're coming out one episode a week at the moment. So I mean, I thought all of it was out there. Well, I gotta start. But back I started. Or... I started watching Fargo from the beginning, so I watched season one because I thought, well, I haven't seen this. Is for each season different? Specific? Yes. Each season's uh, each season's different. There sometimes they do. There's an interconnection that connects. Like us they here. might mention a story in the first season. But I mean, season, if I started something. watching the new season, uh, I won't be lost. No, 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 no. You won't. No, you can watch them individually because it's quite weird. Because season one, I loved. Season two, I loved. Season three, I I liked. The Chris Rock one is excellently done, but it kind of lacks the quirkiness. Quirkiness. Because because it's set yeah. in St. Louis, it's fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but it just doesn't have the quirkiness that the other ones have. It's still a great series, so I thought, okay, is this the direction they're going into? And then I then I finally got to the new season. I mean, I had to sit there and say it's one of the best things I've seen. And um, if I'm think of your next, the girl in your next, think of that. Oh, okay, all right, because, I like that because you're looking you're looking at this. Weak girl, and let's just sit there and say that she's not a weak girl. So, and I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to give anything away because gotcha. it is pure, oh. utter joy. I I watch it like, and and that there have been moments, and Jennifer Jason Lee, fucking brilliant. I love to see her oh, make a fantastic. comeback. I'm so yeah. glad she did. But that and, makes me happy. And. And what I found in this, which is I haven't found any other Fargos, which not to take it away from any of the other Fargos, but we have some really heartfelt moments appear out of nowhere. And it's like, I, I mean, I, wa I watched the last episode. I went, oh, my God. I was like really touched. It's like, <laughs> so that's why it's like, you know, you know, I think they took a little bit of hiatus before they came out with us. And I think it was. Sometimes shows suffer. This one came back with a huge bang, and I can understand why yeah. everyone's raving about it. So highly Good suggest deal. that. Another show I would highly recommend that I finished watching is Julia season two. About my Julia father Pilot. is loving that. My ninety-year-old. They sad. I sadly heard it just got canceled. I want. I, I do want to check oh. it. I do want. Yeah, they. they uh, uh, Max really has been on a hatchet run. Oh, I mean, the, I mean the thing about it. I mean the first series is brilliant. I mean, it, and the yeah. thing is, what you don't realize about Julia Child is that she is the first woman television person who had a black female producer, and she's mm, chaperoned. And the yeah. things that she did, and and you know, the thing, the way people made fun of her and everything like this, and and you look at. I mean, I don't know how true this is to her life. I mean, they you know they turned this into a series, sort of what. But she's phenomenal, and the acting's phenomenal. And season two, I mean, David Hyde Pierce and BB Newworth and Judith Light. And Who plays get, Julia Childs? Um, Sarah Lancaster. She's an English actor who won all these awards for a BBC series. And if you get a chance to watch, called Happy Valley. I've heard of that. I've heard of that. It ran for three seasons. Uh, I think it's about eight episodes per season. And tell you something that keeps you on the edge of your seat. Really. And then the thing is, is it on BritBox? It probably would be on BritBox. I mean, it won all. I mean, it won all the awards. It won all these European awards, and she comes from that really, and she was phenomenal in that. Um, I'm always looking for something completely different. That sounds but, completely different, you know. But it also, you know, this also has Isabella Rossellini in it. Julia does, and, and you know, she's looking older, but she's fantastic in it. Um, and then it also has um, 
the girl who did um ex-girlfriend the musical on netflix Oh, um, shoot. i can't remember her name is I know that. Uh, yeah. but she's in it she's phenomenal i mean I, there's nothing i could say and the, what i love about it is because you watch it it's got his funny bits it's got his heartwarming bits but then you, you just walk into like this is pure joy and pure fantasticness so and another show i watched which i really enjoyed was um Kaylee Cuckoo, um, in based on the true story. It's Oh, about okay. it's about it's her and um the, the guy from um the Mindy Project. I can't remember his name now. So it's escaped me. But basically, they're married, and it's like he was an ex tennis pro that kind of bummed up, and they're and you know and she's really into serial killer podcasts and stuff like this. And um, a plumber, they become friends with this plumber who ends up becoming a serial killer. So they decide that they need to make money by making a serial killer podcast using a real serial killer. Very funny and very well put together, and I it heard happens a lot more of good than things as well. about that. We'll But check it's that really out. fun. We'll There's only like six episodes, and I highly recommend that. And I kind of seen a couple decent little horror films on Shutter. One's called The Sacrifice Circle. Highly recommend it. Different. You think it's going to be? It's set at Christmas, and you think that um, basically these two girls are left at school over Christmas, and there's these um, this cult going around killing people to raise a demon, and they show up at the school, but it's not what you think, and it has nice and twists and turns. And then I watched The Butchers, which is a new film, kind of like a wrong turn, where a bunch of teenagers run into these hillbillies who start... It is. Shopping. No, it's it's like the hills have eyes, more or Yeah. less. Meet, meet the other movie. Yeah. Meet the other And I think my only problem with that, basically, is that none of them are really likable, and they keep doing stupid things. So it, it could have been... It could, They it's all not deserve what they get. Well, it's just one of those things that you know that they because it's independent. You just kind of think that they probably they probably could have done something different with it, which they didn't quite do. They kind of got went to form it. You think they're going to do something different, and then it cuts back to formula. So, but other than that, that's what I've been up to. So, I'm pretty lame myself. And anyway, that brings us to Batman the Anime Series, which our first episode is The Worry Man. Wealthy socialite Veronica Vreeland returns from Central America, bringing tiny handmade dolls for all her friends. According to native legend, once placed under a pillow, the dolls do the sleepers worrying for them. Unknown to Veronica or her guests, each of the dolls contains a tiny microchip, which plants a hypnotic suggestions inside the sleepers' brains, even Bruce's. So, Vic, what's your thoughts on The Worry Men? The worry man. I thought this one was kind of fun, actually. Um, I, I think it's funny how she's got these little those little dolls, and she, what are they like voodoo dolls or something? Because I know Kind you got of. the, this They look the one like with the Aztec, the Aztec they look like things little Lego that goes men. up out of nowhere. They do look like I like they that look too. like Lego men. Yeah, they do look like Yeah, little that's tiny what Lego I was men. thinking. They were More Lego so. people. That's what I thought it was at first. But ninety two, ninety three, we didn't have Lego people. Well, we did have Yeah. Lego people, but They um, look like little Lego people. I, I got Yeah. a kick out of it. Uh, I was trying to figure out. I, I thought that is this the one where they're in the jungle 
and everything else. Yeah. But I was going to ask you. We're in the jungle. Well, well, yeah, I think this is the one because it was kind of really beautifully animated. Maybe it was because I was stoned. I don't know. It the, looked uh, the, really beautifully animated. The one with the next one is more in the, the next jungle. One. This, okay. Yeah, this one. I don't this know why one I got this one mixed some, up with that one. Well, no, no, there were. I mean, there were some uh, because there's a South Central American. Uh, so I assume Batman's costume and yeah, this, there's there's they go to Central Native American shaman. Yeah, the um, shaman this, one, everything. this one was kind of a little helter skelter, but it was it was a lot of fun. Um, all these people get these little worry men, and they decide to put them underneath their pillow, and then Alfred puts one under Batman's pillow, which is hoping you know, that it will help him get some sleep hope, and get some rest. Yeah, and hoping some that it'll help him get sleep, but it just creates chaos and mayhem. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought all four of these. The were big a lot twist of, of this uh, was ruined for me uh, due to voodoo because I was watching it on voodoo, and it basically uh, let let. Uh, at the 10 minute marker so we find out that it's really the mad hatter the mad who's hatter beh- yeah because i behind thought it was scarecrow at first well that's what i was thinking i'm like okay you get these little straw dolls maybe it is scarecrow that's maybe what it. i thought because i've never but seen a lot of the voodoo before. uh description mentioned i saw mad hat and i'm like oh okay mad hatter yeah that? well i wasn't expect I, I really thought scarecrow was coming back for this one because like i well, said these are all new to me it didn't really make a lot of sense because last time we dealt with mad hatter he was locked up now he has a passport and he's able to travel to Central America. I thought that once you got released, I, I thought that you, I thought you couldn't leave the country. And, but how so, did he? But the, yeah, I thought. Why was he even here, though? I would. I mean, how did he get released? He's still I, mad as a hatter. I so, just I mean, assumed he, he escaped. I mean, that's we we've we've yeah, talked about Central America, then came back to America. It's like okay. Yeah. But then he tries to get Batman. Tries to to get a real functioning guillotine. You know. Well, yes. I want to. I want to know where he got the Aztecs henchmen. I mean, where did he I, find? I know them? where did they come from. I mean, they just came. My, out the power nowhere. of mind control. He just he found he found some tribe. He was down in Central America. He went went on a spiritual. Maybe he was trying to find some uh, new psychotropic way to. Uh, control I think people. Matt. Uh, I think Matt Hatter became gay at some point because all these men look like Chippendale. Chippendale <laughs> <laughs> Aztecs men. They, yes, they they did. Uh, they did. <laughs> I so Bruce cool. takes was, out what was it twelve million dollars? Is that what he took 30. out? Was it it's like thirty million dollars? Yeah, yeah, he took like out a million. million. I mean, how could all that fit in the suitcase for one? Well, that's, that's, big that's, 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 Bruce, the, that's what Bat, that's what Bruce said. Because how did they really get all that money in that suitcase? <laughs> look, I love the secretary. Look, I don't question what you do, Mister Wentz, but thirty million dollars—that's a lot of money to just put it up in one briefcase. What yeah, he talking? puts it out on the windowsill. Put it on the windowsill. Like, <laughs> It's the most but Bruce Wayne thing that you could do. If you want to keep up uh, appearances as being a crazy billionaire social. I always love it when social, they make Bruce yeah. Wayne vulnerable, though, because it uh, shows, you know, I like it when he fucks up and does stupid shit. Because oh, yeah. I like how he tries to, you know, catch himself and then make up for whatever fuck up he had. Because well, what, I like, just, what I like about this is about this episode is Kevin Conroy. Yeah. What he because when he voiced when he voiced it and the way that he said. It, it, it made it sound like how do you put thirty million into a briefcase? Like how it wouldn't even fit into a briefcase. And it kind of had that this nuance to it, which I thought, oh, okay, only only you know only a good voice actor <laughs> would be able to put that nuance. Oh yeah, exactly. I thought, and I thought to myself, yeah, how did that all fit into a briefcase? <laughs> that would be like multiple briefcases. Let's face it, thirty million would about to be multiple briefcases, not just one. Oh no! But it's it's the symbolism all. Yeah, you just open up the briefcase filled with stacks of money, thirty million. It can be whatever you want, any yeah. any amount that you want nowadays. <laughs> uh, 
Nowadays, they open up the briefcase. It's a crypto hard drive. And where did the secretary come from? Where did he find the secretary? (laughs) You know what? It's nice that he get to meet his secretary and see a little different side of it. It's not just some random. He has has a secretary who's there for him. But what uh, I like was, about the secretary is you did not like what you normally see in a business world secretary. This is like no. a this is like she's like a receptionist at a hair salon. <laughs> yes. I don't know what that was about either. I was gonna say something, but uh, it was the nineties. That you yeah. see, they were doing all the stuff. Let's see, the, the 80s, and then we had the 90s, which was the hangover to the yeah. 80s. So God only <laughs> knows. Much. We, I mean, I loved her. I loved her, but but but, but I loved her because that she was just so quirky, and I thought because if you if you told me that basically you know if you told me the story that you know basically he goes to the secretary and then i finally see it i would have this vision of what his secretary would be and that wasn't it which is what i quite like it's kind of like, okay well, <laughs> like then they had the mad hatter quoting jabberwocky too you know i mean i don't even know oh. where they pulled that out of what was it? it's uh one two one two one, and through and through one two one two the, through and through the purple blade snicker snack, snack. Snack. he left snicker it dead yeah. with its head he went galloping back, lumping back. Yeah, yeah that's from the jabberwocky I kind of yeah. worry about him in a way because C.S. Lewis didn't write a lot, did he? I mean, no, not C.S. Lewis. I mean, Lewis Carroll did not write a lot. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's going to run out of material soon. Yeah. Absolutely. Ah. Uh, well, um, but I, I did like there's some little twists and turns because Sheldon I love- didn't even want to punish like Mad Hatter, though. I mean, he stole for him, him and he didn't want it. You know, I guess he's a forgiving guy, though. Well, I mean- Mad Hatter is kind of driven by his failed love, I guess. Yeah. I don't know, I guess. It seems to be this weird hangover from that, but... um, Possibly. But I did, I did like the little... I like the twists and turns, like, where you think it's her. That's yeah. Knee and she's at the boat. You know... Did you I, guys... One of you guys told me that when we got to the second season, there was going to be a difference... With the animation, it hasn't, ha- it hasn't happened. It hasn't yet. happened yet, but uh, in episode three that we talk about today, the bullet for Bullock, we did have a different intro. Uh, you can yeah, start. Yeah, to see I did notice that. I did. You're going to start to see the change. Yeah, yeah but uh, I was just wondering, which was weird because they changed. There was the intro for the Adventures of Batman and Robin for an episode that had no. That's Robin. why I thought I was watching the wrong thing. I was going, oh wow, what happened? We'll get to that. We'll get to any Robin, and there's two episodes from the the Adventures of Batman. (laughs) Yes, that's why I was confused. I go, oh Uh, no. He's still in college. So that's why I was texting you guys, like, uh, what am I watching? Yeah, he hasn't come back for summer break, but the the animation will be changing very soon. So and you're saying it's a money saver? Baby doll and things like that. Well, I mean it's it's changing networks uh the, it's still a warner animation oh. but it's going there it was going out from fox and friends or fox kids rather fox kids. Uh, to uh, by, uh to warner brothers Does fox kids. kids even still exist anymore no no it's, no saturday morning cartoons exist anymore i know that's but, sad but that's they wanted but i think they wanted to um i mean We'll get to it because we get Robin going into Nightwing and stuff like this. But they wanted to go for a younger audience, and so they start playing to a younger yeah. audience eventually. Okay, it doesn't it doesn't really take away from the storytelling too much, but um, there is a slight shift, and I think it also saving. I think there's a saving money caution being taking Possibly. place as well with the animation and stuff. Gotcha. I mean, they don't do a Warner, they don't do a Hanna Barbera where they keep repeating the background over and over. So they don't do that, but right. 
looks like changes. Our next episode is Sideshow. On route to an upstate prison, Killer Croc escapes and leads Batman on a dangerous chase through the wilderness. After throwing Batman temporarily off his trail, the reptile man takes refuge with a group of retired circus freaks and convinces them to help him. When Batman arrives, Croc and the freak band together to capture him. So, Sean, what's your thoughts of Sideshow? And Sideshow was one. It's one of those. Um, Sideshow is one of those episodes that has a lot of promise uh, to it. It I was like, pretty. It like, it's, it was very pretty. And it started with a bang. You had, uh, you know, Killer Croc breaking out of a prison transfer. Batman kind of probably sensing that that was going to happen, already posted on the train with a fake mustache uh, incognito, waiting for it to happen. And as soon as it starts to go down, he jumps into action. Uh, Killer Croc gets away, and uh, Batman gets... Uh, his uh, grappling gun taken away from him. Killer Croc cl climbs up a mountain, thus giving us a reason for why Batman will be out of commission for most of this episode. Right. He's separated from him and he's got to climb a major a hunk of mountain without any rigs, without any climbing stuff. And he's got to get his way back up there. In the meantime, Croc somehow gets uh, washed down a waterfall and ends up with a traveling band of circus freaks. And they and think he's the king freak. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think and they he's take, a nice guy. <laughs> they take him in as one of his own, as one of their own. And you know, I we've established in the past that uh, Croc was working at the at the carnivals and all the stuff. I thought that they could have played that up more. Maybe mm. you know the they could have. Uh, they would have given a little Maybe like no, no, I'm aware. I'm not this. I'm not any. I'm not like you. I was expecting stuff like that. You didn't get as much from that. But in terms of. Uh, eventually Batman wakes his way uh, there and all the freaks immediately band together to help, to help well, Croc, to help save he's, he's one of their own. And then, the, and then the second they get Batman, now nah, let's kill him. <laughs> and he yep. abandons all the goodwill that he has. Can't help it. Uh, it's a solid episode. It was great to hear Brad Garrett as Goliath. That, that was cool. Early voice work of Brad Garrett. Uh, I, I thought I dug it. I thought I thought it was um, interesting design of some of the freaks, uh, the Flipper Boy and uh, Richard, the Ringmaster character who uh, only quotes quote Shakespeare. Uh, they had it was overall it was a uh, Joe Beth Williams as May and June, the uh, Siamese twins. Uh, yeah. It was it was a it was a fun little episode. I, I, I dug it. I don't know why I thought it was pretty. Like I said, I always watch these things high as a kite because they're much more fun when you're stoned and I pay more attention and it's entertaining <laughs> and, you, and you pay, you see more, but I just, I don't, I, it was so green. It was a green episode. Yeah, the, the I just thought the animation aspect, was pretty. Yeah. And the, fight, the final why. fight on the big wheel. That, that was, yeah. uh, big water wheel. But I mean, it was so North, so North Pacific looking and then it was kind yeah. of like a jungle. I mean, they kind of run the gamut with the end. I, I just found it striking. It just hit me for some reason. I don't know. Sometimes they just kind of detract from that city. Maybe because I'm used to seeing the dark of Gotham in yeah. one of these cartoons as opposed to a Nat Geo situation, I guess. I don't know. I, I thought only, it was well done. The only like, complaint I would say is that when Killer Croc first comes to the sideshow, 
that looks like he might be a he, he could become a changed person. And I kind of yeah. wish yeah. they kind of played on that more. So then when Batman shows up, and he's and so that way that's kill him because that way Croc would that way Croc can be part of a family. And I kind of wish they kind of played a little bit with that a little bit more to give it a bit more emotional nuance. I think you need more time to pass. I mean, Batman's still yeah. at the, like the middle of the mountain. He he could get there. You need like a couple of weeks of, uh, yeah. I guess maybe cabin fever to set in before he can. Uh, because get to when that you point. see him, when you see him with Flipper Boy or Seal Boy or I think it was either Seal Boy or Flipper Boy. I wasn't. Well, I wasn't quite. I because he had feet like Flipper Boy. Steel, so. Yeah, but the feet are Flipper. Was, yeah. So. But when you saw the, the exchange between him and the boy, it's almost like, oh, he's kind of fine. He's found home. He's found a family. I thought he was going to be nice, too, for a second, but it only lasted a second. He broke young he Billy's heart. Two minutes later. That's the thing. He, he just broke Billy's heart. Yeah, yep, he did. Little Billy. Little but Billy. They had, like, a little, like, you know, a little one-minute scene or something. And so that way, when Batman showed up, and then the reason why Croc is going to kill Batman, because Batman is ruining his chance by taking him away from having a family so that would have been a quite a nice i mean i still like the episode but but, yeah. but i would like i would like a little bit of that it would have been nice in hindsight to to see that little maybe a little humanization yeah. where batman kind of, yeah. ruined, kind of ruined it for him in a way even yeah. though yeah. so batman just comes in convict, with yeah. yeah yeah i know but, with everybody well i mean because i always like the killer croc i mean even though killer croc is convict and you know he's got a murderous heart and so on and so forth but in a way for me Croc, the reason why he's like this you know is because if this happened to me i probably would end up being a little bit like that as well i you wouldn't know be I mean? happy either if i look no. like that because he was like a normal man before whatever happened happens so that would make somebody bitter don't you think yeah Absolutely. i think so 100 so therefore you kind of give him like for me i always give killer croc a little bit more leeway than i would someone like the penguin or someone like that so i think penguins, the yeah the one percenter arms runner mob boss fully aware of what they're doing even though croc is fully aware i mean he's been stunned by society yeah he's mm -hmm. he's that tragic figure there, it's been like clayface clayface is always a tragic figure for me as well yeah. you know so. oh yeah absolutely and that, you know, so you know, Two Face, not so much. So, but aren't they all tragic figures, though? Yeah, uh, I don't know if you can say Joker. Not all figure or yeah, the say well, yeah, Joker could be tragic. Well, yeah, but yeah. I mean, but even, but even the Riddler is not too tragic. I mean, okay, yeah, he, he was born ugly and a nerd, so it's not, <laughs> but you know, I mean, he was bullied. But that you know, does that mean that you go to this extent? The Riddler. I don't think the Riddler is that tragic of a figure. You have the Riddler, who's um, what should we call it? A, a former, depending on which iteration you take, right. either a former. A former employee who goes beyond its his means and right. is far more uh, is mad with his inventions, or an FBI profiler who starts committing crimes so that he could solve himself to make himself uh, more uh, to further himself in his uh, career. I mean, either way, pretty yeah. uh, high, highly functioning psychopath, as far as I'm concerned. Either yeah. way, and Scarecrow's the same way. He's not, yeah, bad, you know. Um, I mean. I mean, Poison Ivy, in a way, is because I understand her goals and I understand her Look wanting Harley to plan it. Yeah. Harley Quinn is... She used to be smart and normal. 
Well, yeah, I mean, Harley Quinn storyline when that comes out. But the thing is, is it's kind of the product of an abusive relationship, which is yeah, which um, well, I mean, when we get to the article where they actually right. talk more about her origin story and stuff right. like this, which will be coming up, um, it's 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 kind of a weird hill to take, really, with her. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you know, because you know, it's kind of like these this girl who's kind of caught in this abusive cycle really so it's you know it works but at the same time but you know i think i mean up i mean when you know without going too far into the future i just remember watching harley quinn and really loving the character but then once i get that to that episode which we'll cover later in the year is it kind of changed my thought about her to something kind of pathetic she went for somewhere being quite fun to some kind of a pathetic, sad character to me after that episode. So, but. Well, especially when you get to her in the movies, she definitely becomes more tragic there. So. Yeah. yeah. So. Our next episode is a bullet for Bullock. Someone has put a hit out on Gotham's toughest cop, Harvey Bullock. After surviving several near misses, Bullock realizes he has no choice but to reluctantly ask Batman to help him discover who is behind the murder attempts. During an investigation, Bullock learns that this gruff and mean-spirited manner has created enemies in the unlikeliest of people. Um, I'll take this one. I like, I love seeing Bullock. I like yeah, uh, the Bullock storyline. Nasty human being he is. Does that guy even clean his house or his armpits for that matter at this point? I the mean, just scatter it when just he walks really into gets into how he lives. <laughs> I mean, it just shows all about all about Bullock. It is correct. This was a bull- Yeah, this was a very Bullock centric episode. episode. Yeah, yeah. And, and I like I like that about it, but the I didn't like the twist of it too much. The twist was kind of weird. It's like well, they, well, what, it's, what the Dean Rooney was the kind of like this. Well, the thing is, he kind of got this mean spirited cop. But the thing is, he is by the book, and though he has to twist the book a little bit to get these, you know, hardened criminals to justice, because obviously yeah. the justice system seems to be broken in Gotham. So I kind of understand that, and I like that about him. And it's you know, it's a bit like watching Kojak or you know. You know, tell you know, or any of those seventies cop shows that you used to get. You know, they're they're there's yeah. that they're slightly crookedness to get them to justice. Yeah. Um, and then you know, going after the guy and the guys, and then and then you kind of find out it's over rent. You know, yeah. they're the identified. So it's like that was a weird I twist. I wasn't expecting that yeah. at all. I, I I was only just because I recognized the actor's voice immediately uh, mm-hmm. as soon as I heard. I'm like, oh, that's Jeffrey Jones. That's probably the killer. That, that, that was that was immediately a, my brain went. Uh, I'm like, yeah, it's Jeffrey Jones. I just got a kick out of it because the cockroaches in the building. Yeah, the that was yeah the roaches scatter when he walks into his apartment, and, and it doesn't phase him. I would be yeah. therapy. Uh, I mean, seriously. But if yeah. you look at, but the thing is, if you look at probably 
I mean, I think, hell of a view. I think the way he dresses that way is like, because he probably doesn't get paid a lot. No. Well, he's a cop. No. He probably <laughs> inherited the inherited the apartment. It's probably the one thing he has going for him. He's letting it completely fall apart inside. Roaches are infesting it. He doesn't care. It's it's a representative representation the of who he is. The landlord hates him because he's trekking in mud, and he says, "Like, look, I could I could knock you. I could get you out of here. I could renovate the apartment and make a mint. But instead, your slovenly uh, ass keeps walking in here and mucking up the place. And you have no. And you're an think, asshole yeah. to boot." The episode's hysterical because he has to rely on Batman and he does it like Batman. That's I got well, to... yes. And he said, look, I, I think you're a freak and that's your good qualities. Yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing about it is that Batman and Harvey Bullock are kind of cut from the same coin. No, right? that's the thing. And they, he even says, like, you're not so different, you and I. We, we both get, look, I'm not gonna, I'm not dirty. I don't, I'm not on the take. I just cut corners here and there. You know, mm -hmm. occasionally you, you plant some evidence for a guilty person. You know, he's He's not that. To be fair, he isn't really so different relatable. than Batman. That's the funny part about it is you can relate to Bullock. <laughs> I like Bullock. You know, there's also this yeah. episode. He was not eating. He, no, he could barely he sip on a cup of coffee, but he was not eating in this. So he's he not wasn't doing the... eating, was he? Now that I that's how you know he was nervous. He could barely drink his cup of coffee. That's how scared he was. He, he could. But, but, but like another thing I like about Bullock. Would, but another thing I like about Bullock is that there is. What this episode shows is that you're dealing with a cop that basically his flat is not where he lives. He lives yeah. at the police station. This is where yes. he sleeps and has to take a shower every once in a while. That's it. That's, you know, yeah. he's big. he doesn't sit around the house on his day off. I bet you he doesn't do laundry either. I bet he does. But the thing is, I bet he doesn't have a day off. That's Probably the thing not. in Gotham. Why would you? You're a cop in Gotham. Yeah, and, that, and, that, and that's his career. That's his career. That's his life. That that is his wife. That's his mistress. His job is his wife. Yeah, he. Well, breathes. some people are married to their jobs. I've known mm -hmm. hardcore people that that's mm -hmm. their life. Their job is their life, and it's. And this what gives me. This what kind of gives me that, you know, appreciation of Bullock as well because of that. You know, he is he is dedicated. Yeah, sometimes you know his dedication might be geared in the wrong direction but it comes from a place of mean good you yeah. know well he's a good cop he's not a dirty cop he's dirty but he's just not a dirty cop yeah he's, I mean, he's, he's, he's not he's, not, he's dirty harry yeah he's dirty yeah. harry he, he's yeah, just dirty like harry. look i'll i'll do what it takes to get a conviction to get you uh, to get an arrest well he, he doesn't he, he really does go after the bad guy he yeah no it's does want to get the bad guy and I the mean, way and Gotham's corrupt. That's the thing. Yeah. Gotham, and you have to, and you have to cut corners in order to get these people to justice. I mean, God forbid. I mean, look at all this shit the the villains do in this, and they're. I mean, they don't even get locked up for life. Yeah, they don't even well, get locked. Then we wouldn't have any more shows. They have to. We wouldn't have a show at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, but that's what that seems. This is what seems. I mean, even if you look at the film series of um, Batman, or yeah. I mean, it seems to be like a very corrupt city underneath yeah. it all. Well, it's so dark. I mean, have you ever seen the sunshine on Gotham? Very I do not remember seeing the sun, ever. That's because it's Superman stole it from Metropolis. Only Metropolis has sun. Metropolis has sun. <laughs> yeah. They do. That's, that's, that's where all the sun is. He's taking yeah, it away from Gotham. It's on, that, it's on the other side of the river. That's, uh, that's yeah. where it is. Okay, that's how they work it. Okay, I was wondering how that worked. Okay. If, Bat if Batman was wise, he'd just fill Gotham full of crypto. Batman doesn't need the sun to live. Superman needs it to live. So he takes all the sun. That's how it works. 
Precisely. Okay. Yeah. Otherwise, he's weak. He has no energy. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot about that. He needs the sun. Yeah. Okay. Our last episode is Gotham. It's called Trial. And Gotham's deadliest criminals, the Joker, Two-Face, Mad Hatter, the Ventriloquist, Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, among many others, kidnap Batman and put him on trial in Arkham Asylum. The, the Dark Knight's only hope rests with District Attorney Janet Van Dorn, who, despite her anti-Batman stance, is forced to defend the cake crusader's life as well as her own. So, Sean, what are your thoughts of Trial? This was absurd fun. I loved yes, it. it was. I, I absolutely loved this episode. I uh, uh, it was it was interesting because I was wondering how we were going to get to that point. We started at the beginning with the district attorney, this new newly appointed district attorney, Pamela uh, or, uh, Janet Van Dorn, uh, is taking uh, uh, what's it called, uh, Poison Ivy, back to Arkham. Arkham's get the, you get to see all the usual rogue uh, row of uh, villains. Uh, oh. How you doing, P? How you doing, Ivy? Good to see you. See Harley's there. See the Mad Hatter there. You get to see everybody, and you and you could tell something's different about this. They had something planned out, and what they have planned out is they're gonna kidnap kidnap Batman and put him on trial for all of his misdeeds in Arkham, and uh, Harley and uh, Ivy are the ones to take him down, which I kind of liked. I thought that was a nice touch. Uh, them working together to take down Batman. And Batman is put on trial, and the new district attorney, who does not like Batman, thinks Batman is a menace that does that has created the majority of the problems in Gotham. Uh, spoiler notes, she's right. Uh, but she um, because like when you face it, I mean, that's the thing. I'm like, she's absolutely right with this. Uh, he is creating that's more what I was saying about the anything. last episode. Because it is kind of his fault we have all these villains. Yeah, no, he is. I mean, that's the reason why everybody decides, yeah, no, it's no biggie if I could dress up. If the heroes could dress up to save the day, so can the villains. That's uh, right. Which is quite says, funny because that sentiment is what leads to Christopher Nolan's Batmans. Yes. And that's the thing. I mean, it, there's a lot in this that I, because I had always heard that in uh, The Dark Knight Rises, one of the original ideas would, was the kangaroo court that they had in it with, uh, but instead of the Scarecrow, it was going to be Heath Ledger. That right. I, I don't know if that's true or not. I've heard a billion different things. I've heard the Hannibal Lecter scene that we kind of got in the deleted scene. So much Batman, happened back then. But it was, it was going to be what we had. In the novelization version, he's in the deep. Uh, it's left uh, as he's in the deepest, darkest cell of Arkham. Maybe, maybe he's not there. We hear faint laughter coming from that region. So that's all we know about that. That's all that's like left in in terms of what would happen. Don't you think but there's, Arkham is like day camp for crazy criminals? Though it can they come be. and go. They just come it's, and go as they they just break yeah, out whatever they Arkham, want. But Arkham is kind of a weird place because whether you're playing in the computer game series. Or even even looking, at, I mean, you only you only really get Arkham in the computer game series and no. the animated series, yeah. but it's very Victorian the way that it's all set up. It's like just, I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, it's it's kind of like a third world 
prison in a weird way. Yeah. I mean, it's not a modern day prison. I mean, and the thing is, there's no, there's no modern technology in this prison whatsoever either. It's kind of like this very old little. Victorian. Very, very little. I mean, yeah. you get pictures of Jean Valjean being in there before he breaks, you know, before stealing that loaf of bread. Is that kind the, of a feel to it? Yeah. When you play the odd. game, I mean, you have the big, you have the mansion, the master mansion, which is kind of like the hub for all the, for the warden and for certain uh, high end people. But then you have like, okay, this is the, uh, the part where Ivy will live. It's more of a, uh, 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 I forget what they, what they call it, but uh, basically a conservatory. It's a conservatory, excuse me. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> you have the maximum security ward. You have the high, the, uh, you know, the high, you know, this is where the high value prisoners are. This mm. is where, you know, and they have like different sections of the island, but this, it's pretty much just, you know, we have the, a couple of cells, a couple of different cell blocks, uh, a, cor a corridor hall, and it's not, they don't really go into it that much. It's very bare it's minimal. It's against code as well. I mean, yeah, I mean this is a real place. There's just <laughs> there's no way this would be health and safety concerns. <laughs> but it's a solid episode. And, and I like the fact that even though everybody hates, I'm, it's a very impartial jury who are also witnesses for the, uh, for the prosecution at the same time. Uh, but the yeah, district right. attorney is so good at her job. She has managed to convince all the people who want Batman dead that he did not create them and that they are crazy themselves and they find him not guilty, <laughs> which is the which is both hilarious and absurd at the same time. But don't I love you it. think that they would miss Batman? They, he seems oh, that's like the a thing. Batman. They need each other. It at seems the end like of the he's day. the catalyst to their very existence, you know? I love I love the little interaction between uh Harley and Joker. She's like yeah. uh, uh, it's just like I think that she might be an impartial witness. She's laying on the judge is laying on her lap and just like yeah. she's playing with the Joker's hair or his wig rather. It's, it was great. There's, there's some funny shit in there. I I I, uh, I do like it a lot. I thought that it was a, a solid episode and uh, it kind of remind me a little bit of um the bat Lego Batman movie. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of it's just a wacky episode filled with a lot of fun. So yeah, I, I liked it a lot. The only the only downfall I could say is that I kind of wish that I'm not quite sure how they record these or how they record the voice actors, but sometimes when you get like the, all the villains and stuff like this, it'd be nice if they had you know each one had like a a word or two or a sentence or something to say because it kind of reminds me of Batman um, beneath the Planet of the Apes. I mean not Batman, but Planet of the beneath the Planet of the Apes, you know when they had like the monkey course, and you just see these monkeys with the people with just monkey mask on. With oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it kind of reminds me of like oh they just drawn them in there, but they really it's like but they're but the person behind the the drawing is not there. <laughs> and so I kind of wish you know because you do see I mean, you do see Mad Hatter and you do see Scarecrow, but they don't say anything. No, and I didn't it, know um I didn't know um, Stephanie Zimbalist was in on this one. I also had no idea that Roddy McDowell was a bad hatter up until two minutes ago. Oh, I love Roddy. I mean, that's the reason. Oh, I, yeah, I love good. him. Roddy McDowell, so. You got in the you got George Zunda as as ventriloquist and Scarface to bring it back that so I got my Scarface fix in. Yeah. Uh it was honestly it was a very fun episode. You got a yeah. great callback with Killer Croc and him with a rock. So <laughs> which was <laughs> which was a nice touch. Uh yeah, I, I Overall, just a really fun episode, and uh, it more like this would be welcome. 
I think at the end of the day, the, I think we said in the last episode or the last uh, show that we did that the more wacky out there episodes, those are usually the most fun to go yeah. with. And this kind of proved it. The only thing I can say about these last two episodes is that we're now into the new adventures of Batman and Robin. Yeah. And I kind of feel that these two episodes are leftovers from the previous season because yeah i mean and nothing against these episodes whatsoever because these episodes are very these two episodes are very very strong and i can't say anything negative about the episodes themselves this one was chaotic but they pulled it together though but yeah but the thing but what's what's weird though is the opening credits you have the the new adventures of batman and robin you have the new the new opening credits that confused me for a second And, and then and then you got these two episodes that are part of this it's like this doesn't this this doesn't give the promise of what the what the new bat the new adventures of Batman. I mean, to be honest, these are better than what we're what we're being promised anyway. But it's oh, kind of like, so I just got I, so I kind of wondered like when they remarket this as the new adventures of Batman and Robin, and people are really excited about seeing more Robin, and these are the first two episodes they're seeing. I'm thinking to myself, is like, this is kind of risky, really. Yeah. Because these, because these actually felt like they were part of the previous season, but right. they ran out of episodes for that season, or they had too many episodes for that season, so they carried these over to this season with the remarketing. So that's the, so that's the only thing I would say that that sets it a bit like, okay, what are we doing here? <laughs> so, but saying that the episodes are brilliant, but I'm just kind of wondering. I kind of wonder how people who were expecting the new adventures of Batman and Robin reacted to these first two episodes of this new season. Yeah. So, so yeah. this is in essence now the new adventures of Batman and Robin. Yeah. The adventures of Batman and Robin. Yeah, essentially. Okay. It's so no longer we've, Bat- we've it's no longer just the Batman the end of- to a yeah. different kind of scenario, basically for the next season. It's a well, continuation of the same story, but the style of animation is different. They're going to be more a different. It's going to start getting even more drastic because what you're going to get, what we're going to get, is basically Rob the the season of Robin's discontent. Oh, I've heard of that. I have not seen it though. Yeah. So it's kind well, of interesting. It, 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 but it, it carries off throughout the whole season because what we're going to see is Robin become Nightwing. And oh, okay. And then we're going to get a new okay. Robin. A new Robin's going to come in who's going to be a bit more Teen Titans Go Robin than we, what we've previously seen, I guess, is the best way to say it. Kind he's going to be an like, angsty, like, spoiled brat. Is it a better way to put it? An angsty, well, is spoiled more, brat. Is he more manly man, strong, standing on his feet without the Batman? Kind of. Well, yeah. I mean, he, he he's a very... um, I mean... If you watch the TV series Titans, he's going to be more along that lines of yeah, uh, Nightwing, which which is fantastic. He's a fantastic character. It'd be, it'd be, to be honest, when he, Robin becomes Nightwing, Nightwing, Robin comes into his own and he becomes a lot more mature and he becomes it becomes a lot more darker and florist because Robin is a little bit more violent and a little bit. Um, Let's just sit there and say that his his techniques are not to Batman's code, mm-hmm. which makes him a lot more interesting. Um, but I mean, this he becomes. I mean, Nightwing kind of becomes like this kind of character, kind of pops in and out situation, a bit like Robin in the 
so far that we've seen. But the new the new Robin that comes in is Tim Drake, isn't it? Uh, Jason Todd is the second. Jason, Jason Todd. And Jason the Todd doesn't. Yeah, the, the 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 Jason Todd that we see in the animated series that will be that will be starting that will start coming through is kind of more of a. Do you know when you used to watch TV shows and the kids started growing up and then it would bring this younger child in, like I Oliver know. from like Brady Bunch? Or... Oh yeah, they had yeah, he's one cousin Oliver. Oliver. Yeah, right. pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Every show had a younger kid. You are right. He's seven. He's seven. Like, like, from Al, Married like with Children and um, Little House on the Prairie. Little House on yeah. the Prairie. You had eight is, an, eight is enough. They had the extra little kid there. Yeah. And it becomes that way. And the thing is, is there, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, the, the episodes are good. I mean, I don't want to take away from the episodes, but when you compare them to what we've seen previously, you kind of get Batman playing daddy. Yeah. And then and then you kind of and then you kind of get Batgirl showing up playing surrogate mommy. <laughs> so they kind of get the. I mean, we'll, we'll get to them, but please yeah. tell me that's not the dynamic we're going for. That just sounds heinous. Well, I mean, I, I mean, luckily, I mean, I think, the, babysitting I think if the animated series kept going forward, because, I think we, we probably would have got. We probably would. Well, we probably hardly 19, 20 years old herself. Well, no, I mean, no, I'm saying that they, it doesn't, uh, the, the, what you have is Robin and Batgirl. So you have this kind of back and forth with them. Right, to, right. You know, because, you know, in the way, you know, Batgirl's stealing Robin's limelight. Um, but yet at the same time, they're kind of attracted. She kind of got this, you kind of got this Catwoman Batman thing going on with Bat, Batgirl and Robin. So you kind of get right. that. But then when Robin becomes Nightwing, Batgirl really doesn't have that much to do with him, really, too and, much. Okay, okay. But because they bring her in as more of a, a main character with the Robin, so what you got, so she's kind of like the bigger sister situation. Okay, okay, I got you. But I do feel that if Batman carried on, that the there is a point where that we don't see an animated series that does take place in the comic book series, which this kind of jumps from that to that, where Barbara Gordon kind of has an affair with Batman. <laughs> so, <Do> they? <laughs> there's, a, there's a little bit of... Well, I was wondering if there was any romance, kind of, sort of, of any kind. Uh, of it's, it's, something that, it's something that they kind of touched in and went in a direction, but kind of went went away from it really quickly it's but, oh, okay, but okay. So, but so when you're watching that when you when we get to the later episodes they they kind of flirt with that but they don't quite get there so i know we had a thing for catwoman in any production so yeah well i mean the problem is you know it is the 90s and you know we are we you know we have you know we've had dealt with a generation where you know, we have 50-year-old men chasing after 20-year-old women or, or being married to them in films and television series up until this point anyway. But, yeah, that's true. That's true. But, but now that but now that we're in, you know, now we're in the, you know, you know, we've now hit the you know the Me Too and all the other stuff that we've been through um in the last, you know, five to eight years. So it's gonna feel a bit weird now. So yeah. <laughs> it probably didn't at the time. Let's put it that way. So
But on that note, um, I guess we should just ask what's our favorite episode. I don't think there's any least favorite, so we'll just say what what is our ultimate favorite episode of these four, starting with you, Vicky. The ultimate, I would have to say it would be the um I really enjoyed all of them. I enjoyed the little doll thing. I don't know why. I just liked the mayhem and the anthropological tone that went with it. I thought it was really cute. But all of them were strong episodes. I wouldn't say that the second one was as tight as the others, but they were all really good. I mean, I have no complaints. I enjoyed all of these immensely. And what about yourself, Sean? Uh, I'd probably say trial was my favorite just because of the wackiness of everything and everybody it's, it's just everybody let loose in Arkham, a lot of callbacks, a lot of fun. Uh, bullet for bullet gets a second, uh, honorable mention just because it was a bullock centric episode and we don't usually get, we don't get a lot of bullock like that. That was pure pure, raw, unadulterated bullock. (laughs) So for that alone, it was kind of, it was nice to. kind of have that a little offshoot of, of what we normally get and just have some focus on bullock. I'm going to say Bullet for Bullock was my favorite only because I love it when Batman the animated series takes a secondary character and brings them to the fore and starts fleshing them out because yeah. for me when it, that takes the whole universe and you know they've done it with when they took you know all other characters that they flushed out like this and that it makes them more keener and closer to your heart and it makes it makes the whole universe seem more alive and you know they do it and that's what i quite like about the animated series and i think that's what makes it stand out from other ones because it's not just villain of the week they take you know these characters and they flush them out very beautifully and that's probably why though for fun availability and for just overall watching it and just having a smile on my face because it has everything i love about batman read the trial but only because like yeah i mean you can't go wrong it's you know it's like it's like buying a K-Tel record of all your favorite hits. Don't <laughs> <laughs> go for that. And the 1939 classic starring Judy Garland. And of course, we'll be back next month with Batman the Animated Series. We'll be covering four episodes, which will include Avatar, House and Garden, The Terrible Trio, and Harlequinade. So it's good night for myself. Good night, Vix. Night, guys. Good night, Sean. Good night, everyone. And we'll see you next week for the Iron Giant and Monster House. Mm-hmm.